episode 31 of the Made Me Watch podcast. My name is Bryant. And I'm Leah. And we are going to cover a very fond part of my childhood in uh, The Last Dance, which is a documentary about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls of the uh, mid-80s and uh, 90s. I think it's just the 90s. Well, Michael, the first episode talks about Michael starting out in college and he played from 85 to 92 before he won a championship. So it covered his years as a as a young player um, before he had Scotty and when he was just a rookie. Did I not watch the first episode? I don't know. Did you? I don't know. I thought I watched the first episode, but... It was all about the '90s, so maybe I didn't watch the first episode. Well, it's 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 easy to it's it's easy to like get get twisted with it because the it was a really good, um, well put together documentary in my opinion because every episode, like every all ten episodes, so it's a ten episode um, documentary series, and each episode covers a different portion of the 1998 um, Chicago Bulls season okay. which was their last season right and it was their last it season. was their last season like they have not existed since 1998 you know what as far as sports culture um is concerned the bulls have not existed since michael jordan left and he's still their number one selling jer- jersey obviously but there hasn't been anybody on the bulls that has come close derrick rose was had some promise, but he ended up getting injured so often that it it didn't end up working out. I think I had a, I think I had his jersey actually. Yeah, you, you may have, but um, actually, there's there's one bull right now. I don't know if he still plays on the team, but um, I th- I think his name is Iman Shumpert, right? He's from Oak Park, where I grew up, um, and graduated from Oak Park River Forest High School. Go Huskies! So that's uh. That's just a fun random fact. But anyway, this is a 10-part documentary series, and each episode covers a different portion of the last season. But during the episode, it takes it like does a spin and takes it back to a certain point in time that built the the dynasty that they're covering. So like the first episode talks about um, the beginning of the 98 season, right? And then spins back to Jordan as a rookie and the Bulls before MJ became MJ, you know, because even he was a rookie with with a lot of talent and promise. And that was apparent immediately once he stepped on the court. But um, he was still low man on the totem pole and a rookie. Right. And the Bulls at that time were pretty crazy. Um, it was an entirely different time in the league altogether not nearly as professional as as uh it is now scientifically right like a lot of the bulls teams and a lot of teams at that time because it was the early 80s had just come out of the 70s and right. they were all you know doing coke and smoking cigarettes in the locker room at halftime and, and smoking cigars like i wrote that down because i took notes on whatever episode i watched i don't know and they were talking about how it was i thought it was episode one um, that they were doing five championships in seven years, and they were trying to get their three P. Okay. Well, the the exact I I know. They're you know, talking a lot about Jerry Cross, who yeah 
looks like he should be on 90 Day Fiance. Oh, my which God. Which is just like a really bad omen because that's not a good thing. Um, yeah, but he looks like he should be like trying to get uh, a foreign bride and participates in like sexual tourism. He's just looks like a bad dude. And the fact that he got his start in a baseball GM and was like, yo, I want to try doing basketball. And just is like, you should not have the job. And the fact that he also is the White Sox, right? Mm-hmm. Further proof, like, as you being a diehard Cubby fan, I know that you should not like the White Sox. So <laughs> like, you know, I'm a Dodger fan. like, So I don't really give a shit about the White Sox either way because AL just does not matter. But, <laughs> like... I agree. Um, you know, that you, like baseball and basketball are two very different sports. One I care about and one I, yeah, you can't manage a baseball team and be like, I'm going to try basketball and completely know how to do it. That's not the same thing. So for him to just step in and be like, man, let me. And the fact that the owner was just like, yeah, figure it out, bro. I don't know what crack he was smoking, but apparently all the bulls were smoking crack and that was like completely normal. And for them to just like also be walking around the stadium smoking cigars, I was like, "What year are we in?" Well, we're we're <laughs> we're in the eighties and in the nineties, and I remember especially in Chicago because Chicago is a is a very blue collar town, right? right? And and it took a long it takes a long time for Chicago to change because it's so wrapped yes. up in its history and so wrapped up in in. Really, it's corruption, right? Still. And, and still. <laughs> and it's, um, it's a city that's hard to change. So in the 90s, when I was growing up, I grew up in Oak Park, um, which is a, the first suburb west of the city, I would say, across, mm-hmm. uh, c- across Austin Boulevard. Um, Did you say Austin or awesome? I said Austin Boulevard. Um, <laughs> and it was... You know, at that at that time, um, Chicago was was a city that didn't have a lot to be proud of. You know, there wasn't that there wasn't team success. All of our teams sucked. Um, the Bears won in '85, which was which like gave us a gave us some life for a few years. And have they won since? Shut up! <laughs> Why you gotta go there? <laughs> Ultimately, Chicago is a city that puts a lot of pride in its sports because that is the main thing that represents the city, at least in our eyes. Right. Right. And we're tough people. Right. We are mentally tough. We, we have an insane work ethic and we, we get the job done. Right. And that doesn't just, that's just not, not just within our DNA personally, but that also seeps into our sports culture, right? And so Michael came along when, when you really, with Chicago really needed something that was going to elevate it and make it feel good. You can kind of think about it in, in a weird way as um, Cleveland has looked at before LeBron won the championships, right? Like there wasn't much that came out of out of Chicago to be proud of. And, you know, when Michael came along, he had that same work ethic of of a Chicagoan, right? He was a farm, you know, he was a he was a country boy that came in, wanted to play basketball, had an insane competitive drive, 
and worked his ass off to be better than everybody else. Right. And his teammates immediately knew that he was different and treated him different. He was still a rookie. They still treated him like he he wasn't, you know, he hadn't earned his stripes. his stripes yet. But he they they didn't the things that they were doing they didn't include him in. Right. So they were partying like in the locker room before games, smoking cigarettes. They were drinking beers. They were having dr- drinking competitions to see who could drink the most beers and still and score the most points. Uh, like this is during halftime of a game in the NBA. Right. So it was just the Wild West, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Michael came along and had such an insane work ethic and respect for the game that he didn't entertain any of that. Right. So he he just kind of did his own thing. Right. And they went over that and that like he walked in on all of them doing coke and was just like, nope, I'm out. And um, just kind of walked away. And on the first episode or whatever episode I watched, you know, they talked about they did talk about his college thing. And it was kind of amazing that he stayed in college as long as he did. Like if he was in sports now i don't know if he would have even gone to college because you look at like like lebron right like lebron didn't even go to college well kobe kobe didn't go to college kobe is a good example of that Uh, those types of players nowadays don't go to college because they get injured and they won't have the same well skill level well now the the nba because because in the 90s right when when kobe came uh, came onto the scene, which he makes Kobe makes an appearance a couple of times in episode five. Um, he gets interviewed, which was really cool to see. It was it's it's hard to see Kobe and like not get emotional. Yeah, I was thinking about like even watching the first episode. I was just thinking like it's weird to watch this and not make the parallel because you hear so you heard so much about Kobe's work ethic and compare the two. Because they always said, like, his work ethic was, like, you know, yeah. the same. And thinking, watching The Last Dance and knowing that there's not going to be one made for Kobe that Kobe can participate in. Yeah. Because that was, like, in my opinion, what made this. And, again, I'm not really a big basketball fan. Like, my extent of basketball knowledge is, like, Space Jam. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I tap out pretty quickly on, like... I, you know, our childhoods were very different in the sense that, like, you grew up in a very, you know, Chicago-eccentric sports town, eccentric sports house. I grew up in L.A., a very eccentric sports town, but not so much a sports house. I was the only sports fan in my house, so my dad and my brother are not sports people. So, like, whatever sports I watched, it was I immersed myself in that sport, so pretty much, like, just baseball, and my cousin got me into hockey later, but... And then in college, I got into football, but like basketball was just not something I ever really watched. And like high school, I used to say I was a bandwagon Clippers fan because they were so freaking terrible that no one would ask me follow up questions. And it was great. Um, So Space Jam was it. Um, Space Jam was legit. Still one of my (laughs) favorite. Still one of my favorite movies. So like I just like look at was watching this and just kept thinking like this was special and to watch even as non big basketball person because he, he was in it and we're not going to have that same kind of documentary in the future with Kobe. 
Yeah, I think that there's enough. Uh, the Kobe Kobe's in a different time, right? So Kobe was more open and receptive to media and things like that. So it's there's, still not gonna there's, it's not going to be the same. You're never going to be able to re- to replicate the level of of involvement that Michael had. I mean, it, it essentially Michael was one of the executive producers. So and the look back, you can't have the the ability to look back on your career and like because he has had the time now to be like this is what was going on and and this is what i thought then and maybe i should have thought this and play those old clips and 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 analyze them and that's not going to be a thing now unfortunately Yeah. yeah anyway it's it's super sad but it it is cool to see kobe kobe make an appearance yeah the for me i'm i'm not so ever since kobe since kobe retired i've kind of stepped back from basketball right i've just put focus into no one that's special yeah i've put i've just put focus into other other things but the the thing about michael is that you know, every everybody, everybody that I knew wanted to be like Mike. You know, he was a he he was a cultural deity of what excellence could be, and it's it it, it is. I am personally super grateful that this this was made and we got this information yeah because there's a lot of legend attached to michael jordan then some of it's true and some of it isn't right but the one constant is is that he was a ferocious competitor and is still a ferocious competitor and can can take can will literally take every other option off the table instead of fail and when he fails there's he's not going to be failing for long so it's it i don't know mike it's hard to put into words you know what michael meant to to my childhood so i'm kind of rambling and and stumbling a little bit but (laughs) ultimately it's it's super cool to see can Um, you explain one thing to me though yeah because this is like watching that one episode, I had a lot of questions about what the fuck were the Paris championships and why did they go to McDonald's or the McDonald's championships and why did they go to Paris? That was so confusing. Okay, I so don't understand. So the one one thing that is is that that was an Olympic year. I got that it was an Olympic so, year. I'm not looking forward to the Olympics coming back to Los Angeles because it's going to be such a shit show, and I'm so mad that we got that bid. Oh, hey, what are you going to do? But it's for for that specifically. It's um, it was an Olympic year, so they went as an exhibition to promote the NBA. Because before Michael, they they talk about it in the last episode, right? Okay. Before Michael, the NBA was only in like thirteen countries. Oh. So when Michael came along and Michael started winning championships, and he became and he had the Jordan brand, and he became. Michael Jordan, as we know him, the NBA used, you know, kind of rose with that level of celebrity. So to the point where they went from teens, you know, umpteen countries to now they're in 200 and something countries. Right. Right. So they used him as the skyrocket to raise the profile of the league and rightfully so. 
but that's all that you know to answer your question that's why they went to paris um, but that was really the dream team was something that was super special i remember that pretty well you know my mom might might beg to differ but the i just remember it was for me cuz i was the 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 olympics was in 92 okay yeah, 92, because 92, 96, 2000, so right. four years. So that was 1992. So in theory, I was like four years old. Right. Right? So so the memories that I have aren't very um, articulate. It's more of like these. this is the team of, you know, this is the United States and we have the greatest basketball team ever kind of thing. And I've done a lot of research and kind of learning about about that team you know since then mm-hmm. um, but it's it, it was just it was Michael's time amongst the the alphas of the league to establish his dominance because you had magic that was that was still running he had you had Bream who was another you know legend that was also towards the end of his career you had Larry Bird Right, who is is Larry Bird? I don't right. know if you know who Larry, yeah, I know but Larry Bird, is. Larry Bird is is another legend. You had, you know, you had all of these guys that were were ultimately going to the Olympics because the U.S. had their national team had been getting their asses kicked. Right. So they called the NBA players for help. And so they're like, okay, try this. And they sent all, you know, Jordan and his friends. So the, there was no competition on the court, like, during games. But the the real games were played, like, in practice off the court because Michael and, and Magic and, you know, all those guys would be going back and forth and talking trash and just playing their ass off. Right. Which must have been such an electric, incredible, crazy energy to be in that gym <laughs> when they were when they were running and talking that must have been insane michael was michael we I, you know what else can i say uh follow-up question is dennis rodman still alive is he in america is he in korea is he dead is he dennis rodman is still alive he lives in newport beach does he really yep he's he's famous you know he's famous well i mean he's insane. famous he's famous in in like the world sense but on like a local local level his his um his legend is is even more spectacular than michael's if you if you really dive into it like he got he got fined by newport i think by the city of newport because he had a had his personal helicopter drop him off on the sand on the beach in front of his house oh my god of course um, he did he throws like insane ragers with like hundreds of people. Of course he does. At his at his like mansion in in Newport. Um he's yeah, he's he's not just an NBA legend, he's a local legend uh too. But God love him. When I was a kid, I thought I I knew he was tough. I knew that he was he was one of the best rebounders in the game and best at what he did, but in my young mind, I thought he was a weirdo. And, he's a weirdo. Well, he's he's he calls himself eccentric, but he's not. He's just a weirdo. No, he's. I, I would agree with the fact that Dennis is eccentric Mm-mm. because, well, I've actually. Dennis is, has one of those personalities that really kind of like intrigued me. Like, how does a guy with this type of 
attitude and personality pair up with a guy like Michael that's just an insane competitor and singularly focused on on one one thing and that's winning right and Dennis actually had a um, you know a hard life growing up and he was a farm boy in Michigan I think and he was on the he was just walking or walking the street um, when some coach from a local community college walked up to him and asked him to play basketball and he was like 20 something years old at the time he was it's not like he was fresh out of high school you know local basketball phenom what's up i just looked up his wikipedia yeah it's pretty he's a legend man <laughs> we could do an entire episode just on the personality that is dennis rodman oh my god he's been caught driving without a license your lawyer your your lawyerly law-abiding mind is just gonna have a field day with his wikipedia page arrested for dui he's leaving the scene of an accident he the New York, the Los Angeles Times reported that a Newport Beach yoga studio, yoga studio, rather. Yeah, that was crazy. That was um, a weird thing. Owner accused him of stealing over three thousand five hundred dollars worth of items from the reception area, including a four hundred pound decorative geode. He disputed the account, claiming the owner told him, "Dennis, take anything you want." It's Dennis being Dennis, the local legend. Um, he and. October 18th, 2019, he was charged with battery after slapping a man at the Buddha Sky Beach bar in Florida. Look, let's not go through the guy's rap sheet. <laughs> I don't like, I don't feel good putting this out there because this is a feel good, like, I'm just, listen, thing. I, it's all on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> I, I don't, I lost the, the train of thought. Anyway, he lives in Newport Beach. You are He's, correct. That's the moral. Oh, he was on wrestling too. I forgot about that. He wrestled with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he wrestled. The funny thing is, is that he wrestled with Hulk Hogan during the 1998 finals and literally Lord. finished like I think it was game three, but he finished game three, got on a plane, flew to the WWE, missed practice the next day, flew back in time for shoot around and played in that game that night. Like he did that like three or four times or two, a couple times. That would never fly nowadays. Like never. No, he did it two or three times in different championship situations. One time he, he said, I need a vacation. And they gave him a 48 hour vacation to go to Vegas. And he, it took him six days to get back. And they didn't drug test in the eighties, obviously, but they do now. Yeah. So that's that's an improvement on the NBA's part as well. Yep, but they stopped testing for weed. Yeah, that's whatever. I don't care about that either way. I don't know. Um, I can. Have, I but never they really definitely test for cocaine now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's an improvement for the episode that I watched. I will say that they did a really good job of editing this, like just in general. The editing, the way they cut different scenes, the way they cut in old footage with new footage and the way that they cut in the players and just the way they edited the whole thing together was really good and well done. I thought it was really good. I thought it was too. It, it flowed really well. And they ended the first episode with like all of them huddled around in, well, I don't know what episode I thought was the first episode. All of them like huddled around and they're like, what time is it? Game time. And then it ended. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely going to get people to watch the second one. So they did a really good job with that. And I think you're right that the people that remembered those times 
well like you and have like a strong connection to it and even people that don't because honestly like i don't and i was like oh yeah i'll probably watch the second episode and then i didn't but it, it's definitely a good feel good show that with everything going on it's also airing at the perfect time where people need to remember happy times and good times and good things so yeah well in that aspect it definitely worked especially especially on me there was every episode triggered something that was that was cool to to look back on and did you, know, you just like find yourself walking by the painting or i don't know is it a painting or is it a it's print? a painting it's a painting, painting. the yeah. painting in our house and like high-fiving it no i i try my best not to put my fingers on it mm. um but it is it, it is very cool i do i do appreciate that piece a lot that ex that hung in my room when i was a kid too so to have it now is still is actually pretty cool. Yeah, but the this it's a really well made documentary. Like they, you're right. The editing was really good. Um, I I liked how they mixed in the game footage with the storyline. Yeah. Um, and the interviews were really good. I learned a lot about certain players that I really liked as a kid. Like. You know, obviously Scotty, you know, how Scotty was one of the statistically best players at his position in the league. And he was paid, he was like the hundred and something paid person in the league. Like he, he, when Scotty grew up, he was so poor that he, any money that they made there that they paid him in the league was going to be enough to take care of like his entire family his parents his brothers and sisters he had like 12 brothers and sisters Jesus, something crazy something you know intense like that um and he signed a contract to take care of them instead of like pushing his value and was severely underpaid because of it so there were a couple of times and i remember these times because um, i was a little older when this was going on and he he would sometimes throw a temper tantrum like not like make a big scene out on the floor or something like that. But behind the scenes, like there was always talk on the radio and on the news about Scotty not being happy with his contract or Scotty fighting with Jerry Reinsdorf or Scotty fighting with Jerry Krause. And, and he, it just made, it made, it put all that kind of into perspective as to why, you know, cause one of the things is, is that this has been 20 something years since they, since they retired and part of my the intrigue is how do these guys continue to make money after they, they stop playing? Because even yeah. back then, they didn't make the same amount of change that these guys are making today. Absolutely not. Yeah, everybody makes so much more money now. And there's now there's even more opportunities for them to make money on the side. Where back then, there wasn't as many opportunities for people to make money on the side. Like Scotty Pippen now would have so many more opportunities to make money on the side. There's so many more sponsorships available and then there's club promotions and this promotion and that promotion and SpawnCon on Instagram and whatever, whatever. And then yeah. none of that was available back then. And then, you know, it could be like um, mellow and like have a weird reality show with his wife or whatever. Yeah, it's that. So that part was interesting. I didn't know much about Scotty's background, but something that, you know, one of my favorite players on the Bulls at the time, and it's weird now that I know like his his like overall stature within the the hierarchy, it, I found it weird that he was my one of my favorites. But Steve Kerr, who is now right, yeah. he, he's now the coach of the Golden State Warriors right. and coached there 
their um, dynasty of championships that they've been winning recently. That's why I know that name. Yes, that is why you know that name. That's why I had to tie it back to that. Because, I'm like, why do I know this name? Yeah, Steve Kerr is the same dude that played on the Bulls that is now coaching the Steph Curry. So that guy, his dad was a diplomat. And he was actually, his both of his parents were, were college professors at UCLA. Weird. Yeah, his parents were, they were college professors at UCLA. And his dad was really really highly regarded in his field of study, which was uh, Middle Eastern culture. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Super interesting. So his dad ended up getting an opportunity to become the president at the American University in Beirut. Yeah. So, okay. So the he goes over there and is doing his, his presidential thing. But at the time, the... There was that the I guess I don't know if it was the genocide or if it was the if it was fighting in in you know the Israeli fighting or whatever I don't know the the political context that it was in, but he ultimately ended up getting murdered by uh, by rebels. Yikes! And uh, you know that was I didn't realize I didn't know that story about Steve Kerr, but it made sense to why him and Michael are close because Michael's own dad was also murdered on the side of the road in uh, which is what prompted him to go and play professional baseball. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I thought he just kind of just decided to play baseball. Yeah. I thought he just kind of, um, what's the word like burned out, burned out. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, he says that it was a mix of that, but it was also the fact that baseball was his dad's favorite sport and was Michael's favorite sport growing up. And, you know, for obvious reasons, basketball kind of took over, but him and his dad had always talked about going back and playing baseball. So Michael ended up working the connection with Jerry Reinsdorf, who was the owner of the Chicago White Sox. And the Bulls. And the Bulls and went and played in the in the uh, White Sox minor league system. And there's another really good documentary about that year, about Jordan playing baseball, and it's called Jordan Rides the Bus. It's an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. 30 it's, for 30 documentaries are so good. It's it Honestly, it was super cool, and it was cool to see that side of Michael, to see how much his his teammates loved him because you don't – when you're a minor league baseball player, you're you're basically making minimum wage and riding a bus. Hence the name right. Jordan rides the bus. So he came in and was instantly loved by his teammates. And um, I think Terry Francona was his manager, his minor league manager. Oh, okay. The he's on the Red Sox, right? Yeah, he was the guy that that the Red Sox won the World Series with, and. It was just, it's a super interesting documentary. So if you're into baseball and, and you want a kind of a cool story about Michael Jordan, check that out too. But yeah, his dad's death was kind of prompted that mixed with the fact that he was burnt out by the media. Which I get. The media can be exhausting. Yeah. What else we got? Well, I didn't watch any of the other episodes, so. The one thing that I will say before we, we move on to recommendations is that 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 time obviously was a very formative time period of my youth and being in the same city and watching all 82 games 
right? Because when Michael Jordan was playing and the Bulls were on, everybody in Chicago was watching that game. And it was Michael Jordan is a big reason behind the or and a big inspiration for the level of drive that I that I push myself with because he was the example of what can be done by sheer will and a little bit of talent. So it was he had a lot of bit of talent. <laughs> I mean, he had a lot of talent, but it was. The but amount, a lot of will. I too. mean, the amount of work that he did was just monstrous. Yeah. It, he would not, if he had just relied on his bare bones talent, he, the, the Bulls may not have won a championship. I think his talent matched his, his work. Like, they, they were pound for pound. Probably. You're, I mean, you're probably right. And it's not, you know. It's but you'll never know. Cause you'll never know. Yeah. Exactly. It was just super cool. And I'm, I was really grateful to watch him do his thing and have him have that be such an impact on, you know, my memories of, yeah. of Chicago. I mean, in one way or another, Chicago sports is tied to my, my memory of living there because I was either playing sports, watching sports or going to play sports. That's, he's like your one shining ring of hope of like happy Chicago sports memory and everything else in your childhood over there. It was just tragic Chicago sports. No, not, not necessarily. <laughs> it was, you know, one of the, I mean, I guess this is a good time to transition into other recommendations, right? Yeah. Um, as, as a Chicagoan, I'm super happy that they announced tonight that on June 15th, they are doing a, Another Sunday night documentary by ESPN of the Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire home run race. That's true. You guys did have Sammy. So that was cool. And not, not most, a lot of my, of my fondest memories are at, in like involve Wrigley Field. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I caught, I didn't catch. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess I had, I acquired a Sammy Sosa foul ball because you know, Betty at the time took me to took me to the Cubs game. Oh, Betty! Yeah, and I used to, you know, even to this day, I still wrestle with the fact: should I bring a glove or should I not? Right. So I I brought a glove to every game, right? Thinking, hoping that I would catch a foul ball, right? But it just so happened that this game, there were two foul balls that were hit directly at us. We were off the first baseline, right? Like about twenty rows up in the on field level. And it, they were both line drives and they were too fast for me to get. And Betty, Betty ducked, but both of them bounced off the back of her seat. And then these <laughs> two drunks behind us were dove on the ball in the middle of the aisle. And unless I was going to take Betty out because she was sitting on that aisle seat, I wasn't going to get to it. Right. But it bounced off my seat. So using the best negotiation tactics that I knew at the time, I just kept glancing over my shoulder at <laughs> Over and over again. And this, like, this went on for, like, four innings, three or four innings, something like that. Just glancing over my shoulder, giving them a real sad look. How old are you? Oh, God, I must have been six, seven years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was, uh, and I I guilted these guys. Because, to be fair, there was something about that specific area of that game where they had they had acquired three foul balls. So I'm sitting there thinking, man, you got three balls. That's not fair. Like that was 
and you know, in your six or seven, in my six and seven year old mind, I just kept looking at them and eventually they gave me, they gave me the one of the ball. (laughs) So that was cool. Um, but there's some good Chicago memories, I guess is the point, but uh, what I recommend and what I will be watching coming up is that documentary about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, as well as the documentary about Lance Armstrong, because as much as, as much as much of a, an admitted asshole that he was, there is, is still something interesting about his greatness as well. He's still an asshole. I mean, so is Michael. I mean, at some, at some point, at some point when you reach a certain level, people, like you're going to rub people the wrong way. Nope. I don't care. Asshole. <laughs> I mean, sure. It's, I don't think it's necessary to be flagrant, but... You know, at some point in time when you're when you're kicking ass and, and leveling up to here, there's somebody that's not going to be on that level that's going to that's going to hate on you. It's just human nature. Or you just don't commit fraud, leave people who have breast cancer. Oh, well, oh, you're talking about Lance Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah, that yeah he's, no, I'm he's not a saying a terrible all, person. I'm not saying at all that he is the greatest human being. But he is the greatest man to ever straddle two wheels. Or he cheated a lot. Everybody cheated. You tr- also uh, true. Uh, honestly, uh, honestly, uh, I don't want to anyway, hear like if you if also, you have an issue with with Lance Armstrong the person, that's one thing. Also, I totally cannot care about cycling. Yeah, I like, get it. Even mildly, I get it. Nor, so, nor really should you. There uh, isn't much to really bored. And don't care. So you have been watching that. I will. What have you been watching? I've been watching a lot of 90 Day Fiance because they have like six shows right now because TLC's just run out of programming. So there's like, bah, here's everything. Um, They've found out that they don't even need to film them. That They could just be like, yo, film yourself with your cell phone and we'll put it on air and people will watch it. And they are not wrong. So what's the latest <laughs> with Big Ed? Oh, he is such a sexual tourist creep. And are apparently... They, they're, they're, I'm sorry. Fill me in. Are they together still? No, she dumped him. So when the episode that I saw where she the, jumped him at that at that vacation hotel, was that real? Yeah, she left. Good she for packed her. her shit and left. Fuck yeah. Good for and you. And actually, she's been on um, social media flaming him left and right. Wow. And go her. She's been talking about how... He used her and, you know, spent the whole time in her native Philippines treating her like trash and abusing her and all this crap. And then apparently he's gone actually on like not Rogan's podcast, but like one of the podcasts you listen to. And they apparently didn't know who he was. Which one? I don't remember, but I meant to ask you if you listened to it because I heard somebody talk about how like they listened to it. It was on the, the Reddit. They were like, yeah, he was on so-and-so's podcast. Um, they didn't know who he was. So they were just like talking to him, but he was like bragging about how he got with like some 17 year old. And I'm just like, that's illegal. You're like 60, bro. It's legal and it's gross. And he's just talking about how he's getting like all these DMs from like super young girls. And yeah, he's a creep. And like somebody should call the cops on him. But yeah, apparently he's like making the rounds on a bunch of podcasts. Wow. So... Do you want do you want like the the latest on Big Ed? Yeah, he's super gross. He's basically somebody has accused him of of uh, sexual assault. Not shocking in the least. Um, at the end of April, basically she came forward on TikTok. Yeah, there's a lot of like not surprising crap, and then yeah, so like they did a virtual they did a virtual reunion. 
like a lot of the reality shows are doing. And apparently it was 11 hours long and it leaked on Reddit and YouTube. Wow. And TLC sued whoever leaked it. And so it got pulled off both Reddit and YouTube, which usually TLC is not very good at that. So I'm kind of amazed that it got pulled down, but they did not let that one guy who's been um, Jeffrey, the creeper from Knoxville. They did not let him participate because of his criminal past that they found out after the fact. His criminal past of drugs? Well, that's the one that he like talks about on the show, but that's not real. Like that's real. He did go to jail for drugs. But what he didn't talk about on the show that is he also went to the jail for like using his children as drug mules and locking one of his ex-wife up and holding her hostage. Wow. But he didn't go to jail for that. He just got arrested for that. So, like, they couldn't prove that he used his kids as drug meals. So, like, why his kids still talk to them is beyond me. Interesting. Because they're over 18, so they legally don't have to. But, like, his kids were even on the show. I remember that. So, I'm just like, but, yes, they wouldn't allow him to be on reunion. Wow. Uh, So, yeah, that's what's going on on TLC. It's gotten worse. But TLC the other way, or 90 Day the other way, is coming back with some of our favorite cast characters. So, I'm super excited about that. George got out of prison. Go, George. He has a Corvette. I'm sorry. I know yeah, you're really that was, upset that. That was really, really harsh when you broke that news to me. It's, he um, um, is still hurtful. living in Arizona. I don't think he's allowed to leave Arizona. I doubt I doubt it. He has been hiking. He's been posting videos, and he apparently got on TikTok. That's weird. And he adopted a dog. Cool. It's a Good little, for you, man. little dog. And what do I recommend? I don't know what to recommend. We are going to watch two shows that I will let you know if I recommend, but I'm kind of excited about both of them. One's an Amazon Prime show called Upload that looks really good. And then one is a TNT show called Snowpiercer. One of my favorite shows from like seven years ago, maybe. I don't know. I have a poor concept of time. Just got um, greenlit to come back. So that's going to be really cool. It's called White Collar. And then uh, Leverage, one of my other favorite shows, is also coming back. Yeah, so. Leverage coming back is going to be cool. We, I mean, since we go to sleep every night to Leverage. Sorry. So I, I don't the inside story. I don't know why that show just like makes me feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, it works. <laughs> it's fine. I know every episode. Hardison's the homeboy. Love Hardison. Yep, he's my favorite. Uh, um, but Elliot's cool too. Yeah, um, he's on and they're they just finished filming another show that he's the main character of made by Dean Devlin, the guy that created it's called Almost Paradise. And um, Dean Devlin, who created Leverage, created that show as well. So that's going to be coming out soon. Cool. I actually think that Leverage is a, is an underrated, really well-written show. Yeah. And the other show that Dean Devlin created, Librarians, was pretty good, too. I didn't watch that one. It was a little weird. I don't think you would have liked it as much, but it was pretty good. Dean Devlin's a really good storyteller. His stories are nicely packaged, yeah. which I like. Yeah, the leverage definitely does that. He 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 does a good job of laying out laying out a story mm-hmm. really quickly and concisely, but still having it be intriguing, and then wrapping it up right really quickly. That's that's unexpected. And he does one of the things that like drives me nuts because I have a very weird memory. Um, I hate when you watch a show for like a full season, right? And or like especially shows that are on for a long time. Uh, for example, like Criminal Minds, right? Like Criminal Minds was on for 13 seasons, but or 12 seasons or whatever. It was on for a really long time. But I always remember stupid, weird shit. Like one season they had one of the characters 
he had migraines and they did this whole storyline about the migraines and the whole season he had these migraines and he had weird visions and then in the middle of the season they just dropped it and they never had a conclusion to it and they just acted like that whole storyline never existed and then like a year later they talked about how he had never had a migraine before and that whole thing just drove me nuts yeah like you spent a whole season on it how can you claim that to be true yeah um but dean devil and then the guy like he does a really good job remembering those things so that he doesn't make that kind of mistake it it makes me happy that's cool in my weird creepy place i dig that um (laughs) one show that i binged out on for a good weekend or two was um all american yeah you loved all american which is coming back yeah i that show man if i it's rare that a show like grabs me like by the shoulders and doesn't let go right that one really didn't let go that one really didn't let go for and i i did the whole three seasons in one weekend yeah i actually like had to come get him and be like you've you like usually Brian's coming to get me and being like, you need to move. Like you've watched 13 hours of made in Chelsea. Like you need to eat. And I had to come get him and be like, you need to get off the couch for a few minutes. Like, yeah, it was, it's not, it, and you know, I'm a sucker for a good sports flick, obviously. I mean, the topic of this thing, this episode in particular, um, but it's the storyline and the character development is really freaking good. I yeah. don't know who creates it, but when it comes back, we'll we'll have to cover one of the episodes this season. It's a CW show. It's on Netflix streaming, though. Yeah. Um, we're going to definitely have a little bit of a problem, though, because of coronavirus. Um, half the shows that we watch are ending early, and they don't know when they're going to go back to filming. That's true. I mean, <laughs> we've been watching the, the uh, Below Deck sailing yacht which is terrible yeah it's it's i mean you're really trying to push this this edge a little bit too far and i feel like they're 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 trying to take they're trying to change the boat environment but keep the main driver of the storyline of the previous show like chef adam is the main storyline of this season right (laughs) Like he he has a very big role and very commanding presence in each episode and is featured consistently and prominently. So I think they thought that Ciara and Paget would be more dramatic than they are, and then they were when they realized that like that couple on the boat was no drama. They were like, "Shit." Yeah. Well, they it's, we have no storylines here. I think it's interesting that they're that now that the last episode that I saw, they were pushing the storyline of, of that girl wanting to have a threesome, wanting to have a threesome or not having, not wanting to have a threesome, but wanting to steal Paget from, they've been pushing that all season, but it has no legs and it, they it, just like, don't know what to do. It's it looks real like, dumb. I don't it's know if the, so dumb. I don't know if the other episode ha- or the next episode has aired yet. That's probably coming this week, but it looks like she confronts Paget. And, you know, professes her love to him, which doesn't like it doesn't sway me either way because we know that they're still together. Yeah, they're quarantining in Italy right now. Yeah, like it's not I mean, it's they my thing is, is that we've been we've been covering what, 30 something episodes. A lot of reality, a lot of them are pertaining to reality. And before this. You know, in the spirit of this podcast made me watch. Before this, I didn't watch a lot of reality TV. You're welcome. Jersey Shore was about it. And that was like my one, 
like guilty pleasure that I never really talked about. Um, <laughs> Which he watches a lot of, by the way. I, I just, I can't. I love Jersey Shore. And half the time he watches it without me, and then he'll be like, is it okay if I watch it without you? I mean, can I try I, to be considerate. Can I watch it without you? Is it okay? Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah, shut up. Anyway, <laughs> it's, um, and now they're, it's like they're not even trying to hide the scripted fake drama. And it's I mean, not even clever anymore. It's just not even, I, I'm not, I think that reality TV is on its way out. I don't think so. Um, well, no, they're going to hold on to it to dear life because obviously 90 Day Fiance is a reality show and and Bravo makes an entire living off of reality shows only, right? Yeah. I mean, how did we let this slide for as long as we have? I have been... Dude, th- you've watched Made in Chelsea. The British reality TV shows are so much worse. I, well, it's all bad. It's it's just all bad. The the death of the sitcom has really hurt American American like mainstream television. Whatever. If it's, you really want reality TV, you can go to YouTube. That's real reality no, TV. No, it's not. It is. Okay. You can find anything anyway, that YouTube you want. YouTube is terrible. Don't even get me started on how much I fucking hate YouTube. YouTube is awful. No, YouTube is is anyway, a gift. It's late. Do you have any last comments about? The last dance, which I almost accidentally called the last stand. No, the last the last dance is a great documentary series. It is a Michael Jordan fluff piece, um, although they do try to go hard in the paint for a little bit in in on his personality. It is a it is an overall Jordan fluff piece, um, and I think that that stringing it out for ten episodes was a little much, but. Ultimately, it was a great story, and every episode delivered independently of the others. So it's definitely worth checking out. I definitely, I'm definitely going to recommend that. Um, I'm also going to recommend watching Million Dollar Listing, um, LA, which is coming back in a month. In a month, which I'm super excited about because I've been trying to follow whether or not that show is going to get renewed, and it's been a long time coming. Bravo, Mira, calm down. Calm down, baby girl. Sorry, our dog is not happy. That is our executive editor, uh, Mira, queen of the pits. And she wants to go for her dubs. She really does. Um, yeah, Bravo's not very good at announcing if shows have been renewed until they just announced that they're going to start showing up on our TV again. Well, I literally Googled it last week, like whether Million Dollar Listing was, was a renewed completely or done, done like concept. And couldn't find anything. So right. to see it now be announced this week, that it's, it's like premiering next week. And it wasn't even <sighs> announced on Bravo's website. It was just Tracy Tudor, one of the women on the show, was just like, check us out next week. And then they did um, yesterday. They did a five hour marathon. marathon and had a commercial. And that's how we found out that it's coming back in a month or a couple of weeks. Basically, my real estate porn infatuation is going to be fulfilled and I'm excited. Yeah, he's very happy. But he hates reality TV, y'all. Anyway, we'll have to we'll have to do an episode so that you can watch it and I can Google all the MLS and figure out what they sold for. I mean, that's... Because that's, that's my favorite part of that show. And that's the basic formula of the MDLNA podcast. All right. MDLA podcast. The what now? Whatever. Anyway, that's what we have to say. So go out and watch some stuff. Send us an email at mademewatch at gmail.com and let us know what we should watch. Follow us on Insta, Facebook, all the things. Any last words? It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Go walk our dog. Okay, bye-bye.